going on, everybody? Welcome into a TGIF edition of Texans All Access. Yes, thank God it's Friday, and a beautiful Friday it is. May not be this way on Sunday. <laughs> it looks like it might be the third game on the road where we will have driving rain, but, eh, you know, Jacksonville's a lot weather-wise like Houston. It can change like that, and that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Because on this weekend, 26 years ago, the weather was gorgeous. That was when I got married, and I remembered every single day, and it was awesome. I mean, it was beautiful, 72 degrees and sunny the entire time. I don't think we'll get that on Sunday, but eh, so be it. Going to Jacksonville to go win a football game, no matter what the conditions are. Appreciate you being here. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Got plenty for you tonight. We're going to hear from Justin Britt had a great conversation with D.P. Sidhu, our Deep Slant interview of the week. They had a lot to talk about. It's going to be interesting. A couple things that Justin's going to hit on. You'll hear that uh, a little bit later uh, in the second segment. You'll hear that. Then we got my keys to the game. And when you haven't played a team in 14 weeks, some of the keys are the same, some not so much. So I'll have my keys to the game. Then... We will have Brandon Cooks on the show doing a little Drew's Dozen. Now, we, Mark and I, get an opportunity to speak with Brandon Cooks every single Monday. He jumps on Texans Monday, never late, always early, answers all of our questions regardless, win or lose. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the best. Well, he is going to be on for a Drew's Dozen. Then he is going to be on for Drew Doherty's final word. So bada bing, bada bang, got both. Brandon Cooks, going to love it. Also got my predictions for all games straight up and against the spread. And this week is going to be tricky. This week is brought to you by Run DMC. It's tricky. Yeah, it's going to be very, very tricky. But my predictions are actually brought to you by my friends at Caesars Rewards. And man, do I love me some Caesars Rewards. And if you work for the Texans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Nice little gift from them today. So Caesars Rewards for every way you play. And these predictions this week, hoo, 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 buddy. Man, goodness sakes alive, this is going to be a wild week. And we'll get to the news as it pertains to these games this week. There was supposed to be two games Saturday, 12, sorry, 13 on Sunday, one on Monday. That's changed significantly. And we'll get to all that a little later in this first segment. But it's Friday, less than 48 hours away from game time. So that means by rule, actually not even by rule because I want to, David Culley, head coach of your Houston Texans, sat down with Mark Vandermeer to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 15. Coach, tell me about how preparation has been for this one with the ramp up in protocols and everything like that. It's something you're basically used to from the last couple of years, but is it any different this week for you? All of a sudden, Mark, it just happened that uh, it just all of a sudden it hit us. You know, normally prior to that, we knew things were coming. Uh, last year, we all knew what the what the what the deal was as far as what we had to get done, and we got it done, and it wasn't an issue. This one kind of hit us, but we've been through it before, Mark. So basically, we've just they told us to go virtual. So we're going virtual with our meetings. 
uh, as we did all last year at, at, at the end of the year. And uh, practice on the field is just like normal. Our, our, uh, the only thing is that we're just not having the in-person that we have normally been having with our meetings. All right. Well, tell me about getting ready for the Jags with their coaching change. How does that affect you? How do you predict things might play out as far as what they might try to do? Will it be any different? I don't believe it'll be any different, Mark. Uh, again, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the offensive coordinator is still there. The defensive coordinator is still there. Those guys were calling the plays prior to uh, uh, what happened down there now, and they'll be uh, doing it again. So I don't foresee uh, anything changes. Haven't seen any changes from the first time we've played them to the to now that we're playing them, which was the first game of the year. Uh, I do know this. I, I really feel like that normally when these things kind of happen, Mark, there comes a sense of a coming together kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe when those kinds of things, when you ha- when that happens, I know I've been on that situation one time before myself. And it's kind of like you're, you're itching to go out there to play. You're not worrying about all the outside things that have been happening in the past with you. And you go out there and there, there's basically a sense of urgency and a sense of energy that you kind of get back again. So I think it's very important for us to understand to get off to a fast start, to play our game, do the things that we have to do and uh, go from there. Trevor Lawrence coach in the first meeting through three touchdowns, but also was picked off three times. And since then it's been kind of a mixed bag, but he did get a couple of wins along the way. What are you expecting out of him this late in the season? Well, I expect to get the best, you know, this, this kid has it all Mark. Obviously there's not a throw he can't make. Uh, he is a legitimate number one pick in the draft. This kid's got a great future ahead of him. Uh, and uh, he's had some ups and downs uh, just like our guys had some ups and downs and, uh, uh, hopefully we can keep him on some downs uh, this week, but he is capable. He is capable of uh, uh, putting up big numbers and, 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 and putting that football team in position to win, which he's done twice already. What do you want to see from Davis Mills this week, coach, as far as taking that next step forward after that start that he got being off a few weeks and then coming back and playing pretty well with the 300 plus yards last week? Well, the big thing is, is him decision-making, you know, he mm-hmm. took care of the ball. Obviously we got to continue to do that. Uh, you know, going into this game, you're talking two rookie quarterbacks now, you know, right. guys that are, uh, guys have gone through some ups and downs. Uh, one guy started all year. The other guy started half of the year. So basically good decision-making is a big thing. And then the bottom line in the end, as we tell our quarterbacks, uh, Mark, their job is to get us in the end zone. And you know, that the big thing is that we didn't do that in the second half, uh, uh, this past game. And, uh, hopefully we can, uh, get that changed. Well, Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck against the Jaguars. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Now, I don't know, throughout the league, I think everybody in the league is going through this right now. I think the NFL put out protocols, essentially, in short, putting everybody back on 2020 COVID rules, virtual meetings, masks for everybody in the facilities, vaccinated or not, travel rules, I mean, we're going to Jacksonville. I haven't seen my guy since 2018. I was looking so forward to seeing all my former players. I texted uh, one of them and just said, hey, man, see, we get the group together. And literally within two and a half hours, we found out. Now, can't see anybody from outside the traveling party. But look, it is what it is. There's not much you're going to be able to do to change that. Maybe, you know, maybe there is. And, and sports leagues are going to have to make some adjustments, but what can you do uh, at this point? This is what the NFL put out. We follow those rules, and trust me, I'm happy to do it. To be able to play a season, I will do it. No doubt. Whatever I got to do, I got to wear a mask, fine. 
Got to play. Got to stay in my hotel room when I get there. Fine. I am totally cool with any and all of that. Now, let's get to some news as it pertains to the injury report. One other transaction. Now, from the Jaguars' side, this is not a horrible personnel week. Carlos Hyde is the only player, El Guapo, that's out. He's been, he uh, suffered a concussion last week, um, and he is out of this one. Now, for your Texans, Justin Reed, as it was announced earlier today by Coach Cully, Justin Reed is out. He's the only one out at this point. He was a DMP all week. He's been dealing with concussion. Hopefully, Justin's going to be able to come back next week for the day after Christmas game against the Los Angeles Chargers because we're going to need him in that one, no doubt. Definitely need him on this week, but can't do anything about it due to the concussion. Brevin Jordan has been dealing with a hand issue, and he had been practicing in a limited capacity, but on Friday, he did not participate at all. He is questionable. So, Brevin Jordan questionable, Justin Reed out. Now, one other player that Coach was asked about was Rex Burkhead. And he gave a little bit of a surprising answer when asked, well, Coach, you're running back. You're going to have Royce Freeman and David Johnson because Rex Burkhead's going to be out, right? And he said, no, no, we, we're not totally ruling Rex out. Well, as expected from those comments, today at practice, Rex was limited, and he is questionable for this game. Linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis dealing with a couple of items, a hamstring and a wrist. He is also questionable. We missed KPL last week uh, playing. He will be vital because the Texans are down a few linebackers. Now, Justin Britt, Farrah Brown, and Tyrod Taylor were all full participants. Their game status is not in question at this point. Now, from a transaction standpoint, the Texans put another player on the COVID-19 reserve list that would be starting right guard Justin McCray so Terrence Mitchell Terrence Brooks in the secondary COVID-19 reserve list Justin Reed out with the concussion linebackers Kamu Grugier Hill Christian Kirksey both out with or, or I should say out on the COVID-19 reserve list um, Justin McCray, starting right guard, COVID-19 reserve list. Jalen Samuels was put on the COVID-19 reserve list. I think Cravon LeBlanc was put on the COVID-19 reserve list. But here is, here is the, uh, the, the kicker, if you will, in that situation. Because of what has transpired throughout the NFL, the high number of COVID positive test, the NFL changed one vital rule. Prior to this change, if you were vaccinated, the rule was if you were vaccinated, you needed to have two negative tests, but those tests had to be 24 hours apart. They changed the rule and took out the timing of that. You still need two negative tests but they could essentially be back-to-back. So if you walk in on, I guess, Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning and you test negative, 
from my understanding, you can test again in a 30 minutes to an hour later, I guess, and get a negative. There's your two negatives. The 24-hour rule essentially is removed. So if you are asymptomatic and vaccinated, you can then get off that COVID reserve list. It is happening in Cleveland. I think two or three players have come off the reserve list, that COVID-19 reserve list. So those players that I mentioned that are on the COVID-19 reserve list are not completely ruled out because they're all vaccinated. They can still get those two negative tests. Now, given the fact that it is a road game, I don't know how that changes the timing of things. Do they have to pass those tests prior to the plane leaving? Once the plane leaves, doesn't matter. Or can they get on a private plane? And go? I, I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it that I'm not totally sure of. I just know that COVID-19 has continued to run rampant through this particular uh, organization And they're not the only ones. There are plenty of teams that this is happening to and some way, way worse. But Texans have gotten hit uh, with the rash of them. But again, those players not ruled out completely because they can still get to that testing threshold of negatives. First of all, just making sure that everybody's healthy is the most important thing. So we will certainly keep our eyes peeled for that information. I know when we get on a flight, on Saturday, or any Saturday for that matter, but it just always happens when we get on the flight, we get an, uh, we get an email from Omar and our PR team, who does a great job. Love those love those guys. I mean, just absolutely love everything Omar, Everett, um, Jackson, Lindsay, everybody in PR does for us. Sam and Brooke, our, our interns, I mean, they're just they're fantastic. They do such a great job, but typically – they send us an email and it says, hey, this person's not making a trip. This person's not making a trip. I would imagine there will be some transactions that will happen on Saturday. So keep your eyes peeled. Houston Texans on Twitter, at Houston Texans. I think that's what it is on Twitter. Um, and it's one of those things. I don't know that I could ever name anybody's Twitter handle. It's kind of like your cell phone. There are so few cell phones that I know. I just know where to find the name in my little directory. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Uh, follow Texans on Twitter. You probably already have it there, so check that. There'll be information, I would imagine, that comes out as it pertains to some of the COVID-19 cases. If there's no news, well, the Texans are going to be down uh, a pretty significant number of guys, but there will be transactions, no doubt, because guys will have to move up for the practice squad um, to fill those spots to keep things moving in the right direction. And, oh, boy, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy time of year. Now, how much more crazy does it get? Well, let's let's take a look, shall we? <laughs> the NFL put out a notice today because there were large, significant outbreaks in certain places throughout the league. Cleveland being one of them, the, the Rams, uh, L.A. Um, it's been all over the place. So the NFL decided to um, make some changes. They moved some games back and moved some games around. So here is the new schedule. Now, this was supposed to be two games Saturday, 
13 on Sunday, one on Monday. It now turns into one on Saturday, two, four, six, eight, ten on Sunday, two Monday, two Tuesday. Now, if this weren't a COVID situation, I would look at this and go, um, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. You're telling me I get bowl games and FCS playoffs on Saturday, footballtakeover.com. And then you've got a game Saturday, a huge game, Patriots at Colts. Then you've got a full day Sunday of NFL. Then you've got two games Monday, two games Tuesday. Are you kidding me? That's, that's fantastic. Now, the reason for it is not fantastic. But here's what's moved. Because of the outbreak in Cleveland, the Raiders-Browns game that was going to be Sunday at uh, one, one local, I think it's Eastern time, so one local, has been moved to Monday at 5 o'clock, and that game is going to be on NFL Network. So Raiders at Browns moves. Now, there was a lot of consternation from the Raiders. The Raiders were 20 minutes away, apparently, from getting on the buses and going to their plane to leave for Cleveland because it's a body clock situation. It's a West Coast team that is playing on East Coast time zone. A lot of times, those teams will go on Friday so their bodies have a chance to adjust because they're playing an early game. And so that's what the Raiders are doing. The Raiders are leaving. Um... Today, and about 20 minutes beforehand, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get on the plane. We're going to move this game. So the Raiders were, were a little disappointed, and I can and justifiably so. I mean, you've been ramping up for Sunday, and it's like, no, 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 you're not going. You're playing the next day. So that's what's happening. I don't know if hey, you say what you will. Did it work? Does it work? It sounds like there are a few Browns that may end up testing negative and give it some extra time. Maybe they can get more of those guys back, whatever the case might be. I know the Raiders were mad, but if that game got canceled, everybody lost game checks. So game's going to be played Monday, early evening, 5 o'clock Eastern. So that'd be 4 o'clock local NFL Network. Two other games got moved because of outbreaks with the Rams and with the Washington football team. Those games got moved to Tuesday. So the Seattle Seahawks were traveling to take on the L.A. Rams. And the Washington football team is traveling to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, both of those games will be at 6 p.m. Central time, and they're both on Fox. So I would imagine we get one of those, and they'll both be available on Sunday ticket, which is kind of interesting. But you'll be able to see Seahawks, Rams, Washington football team, at the Philadelphia Eagles. So actually, two big division games get moved to Tuesday. Makes it tough to turn around and then play a game the following Sunday. But things are what they are. They're getting games played. We've had no postponements or movement of games, but because of the cases, the rising number of cases, and then the players testing positive, in particular outbreaks in Cleveland, in L.A. with the Rams, and the Washington football team, those three games get moved. That Raiders-Browns game, um, check that. The Raiders-Browns are supposed to play on Saturday along with the Patriots and the Colts. That's why they're leaving today. Um, that, that makes more sense. So that gets moved from Saturday to Monday. The Seahawks-Rams, 
The Washington football team. The, can the Washington football team just pick a nickname, please? They've got it. Please. I hear it's coming. But just, just make, pick, pick a daggum name. So the Washington football team and Eagles move to Tuesday. So we have football tonight, college, two massive games, bowl game and FCS playoff game. That's going to be awesome. It's one of the, it might, you can put it up there against any game this week. JMU at North Dakota State, FCS playoffs. It's going to be awesome. Saturday, you've got five bowl games. you got the other FCS playoffs, South Dakota State at Montana State. Great game. Montana State knocked off Sam Houston State last week. So Montana State can play. They got some dudes. Troy Anderson's a linebacker I would love to see in Houston, 6'3", 245. Runs like a deer and just an absolute stud. Um, so you got those six college games Saturday. Then you cap it off with Patriots-Colts. You got a full day after the Texas beat the Jags. You got afternoon games. You got the Sunday night game, Saints at Bucks. Then you got two Monday night and you got two Tuesday night. I mean, come on now. That's football nirvana. A football nerd like me absolutely loves all that. But schedule changes taking place because of things going on with COVID-19. I hate saying those words. I really do hate saying those words. But what can you do about it? It's it's still around here. It's still an endemic now. I mean, we're going to be dealing with it for a long, long time. And as I said earlier, the sports leagues are going to have to figure out how they deal with this a little bit better, whether it's booster shots, whether it's uh, changing testing. There has been some back and forth amongst the leadership of the NFLPA and the NFLPA. There are a large number of players that are pushing for no testing at all. And the leadership of the NFLPA is like, no, I don't think we should do that. So there's some conversations. There are some things going on right now. Now, and obviously the league has moved these games, postponed these games for a few days to be able to get them in, and hopefully we can squelch some of this that's going on. Uh, But it looks like the advanced protocols, um, I think that's what they're called, advanced protocols or intense protocols, whatever it is, are going to stick around for the teams throughout the remainder of the year. Those stink, but is what it is. If it helps us play football, Everybody can uh, do what they're supposed to do, play ball on Sunday, do their work throughout the week, Zoom meetings. We've done it before. We'll do it again. It's just you want to get back to some sort of normalcy. We sort of had it for a while, uh, but this outbreak uh, pushed us back um, to, to this sort of thing. And you deal with it. You absolutely deal with it. A guy that's dealt with plenty throughout his career, including an injury that slowed him throughout all of 2020. And essentially, it put him here in Houston, and we love that aspect of it. And he's bounced back and been very, very good this year for the Texans, and that's center Justin Britt. It's deep slant interview time next. DP City with Justin Britt right here on Texans All Access. Our Texans All Access. Our Texans All Access. Our Texans. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And I got to give some props to some of our biggest fans out there. In fact, might be our biggest fan. Daikin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. From comfort and convenience to air quality, Daikin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future, reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. 
As the world's number one air conditioning company, Daikin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. Learn more at perfectingtheair.com. It's Daikin. And this is D.P. Sidhu, our fabulous reporter, interviewer extraordinaire. She does Deep Slant interview every single week with a player, and it is absolutely awesome. This week, it's Justin Britt. D.P., take it away. It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. My guest this week, Justin Britt. First of all, Justin, welcome back. We missed you, you for a few you. games there on IR. How does it feel to be back and playing again? Um, it's what I want to do. I didn't want to do the IR. I saw this year going kind of different with my health, but uh, I'm back to doing what I do. Um, I'm feeling great, so excited. And just a few games back, and you get to face your former team, which there's a lot of players that they have to wait years before they face a team that they've played with for as long as you did. Was it kind of nice to get that out of the way? What was it like to face your former team? And, and I saw you afterwards, just all the guys coming up and talking to you after the game. Yeah, um, I thought it was really cool. Um, it was a fun week prepping for them, um, kind of knowing who they are and, and what they do. You know, I practiced against them my whole career. So to be able to, to kind of play against them was cool because, I mean, you know, game and practice is a whole different world. So they fly around, they compete. Um, I felt like we did the same. And, you know, I thought I thought we had them till late. So it was it was a fun game. And I feel like uh, a weight kind of been lifted off me. And, Just getting uh, it out of the way yeah, early. Yeah, kind of revenge or whatever you want to call it. I didn't really view it that way, but I did want to play them. I, I like that you said your approach was the same. That you, you, you woke up the same time on game day. You did everything the same during the week. Mm-hmm. You knew you were going to get into a bar fight with them, but it didn't really change your mood. Is that sort of how you are in real life? You're just even keel? Because it seems like when you're on the field, you're a different a different person. You're obviously the football player in you yeah. comes out. Um, I think so. I feel like uh, for the most part, I'm pretty stress-free through life. You know, I, I feel like I'm a strong emotional person. And so um, on game day, I kind of, act emotionally in some regard but I feel like I play better when I'm calm when I'm poised and so I try to just stay in that world that realm and try not to overdo or overthink things just keep everything and that's kind of the way I was kind of raised by Pete Carroll and the Seahawks is every week is the same week approach it the same week a championship mindset because if you treat every game that way where it's a, a championship game week one to week 18 now then by the time you get in the playoffs and, you know, these crucial moments, your mind is already prepared for it. It's it's practice being in that moment because you approach every game that way. It's, that makes sense because you've had a lot of changes around you, even on this O-line throughout the year. The guards have changed. The O-line's changed so much. How much has that approach helped you with just all the changes around you? Do you change how you play center based on who's next to you, or are you pretty much the same no matter who's around you? Um, mostly the same, but uh, some ins and outs, how they fit blocks. Um, everyone's different, and so I feel like Coach Campen and Kugler, you know, the O-line coaches, have done a really good job since OTAs, you know, mixing up the, the lineup and forcing us to work with each other and, and just kind of gelling because we know in the NFL, especially up front, you know, things can happen. Um, he likes to say, Camp likes to say, someone has a shoelace problem. Someone else has to go in. So you got to be ready to adapt and, you know, work together and adjust accordingly. Oh, how did you have you adapted with a rookie and, and Davis Mills? I asked him the other day. He said that the quarterbacks and the centers, they meet throughout the week, and yeah. that's sort of what helps the chemistry, and, and you guys sort of develop that communication. But how's that been for you so far throughout the course of the year? Um, it's been no problem. Whether it's been Tyrod or Davis, uh, the preparation's been the same, and the trust has to be there. 
because without that, you kind of have nothing. So um, you just recognize that Davis has been here. He's been brought here for a reason, for his abilities, and kind of just trust that and make sure that I do my job and I'm not really worrying about his job. We're just trying to work together. All right. Speaking of rookies, uh, I had Farrell Brown on the player show a few weeks ago, which you've done. I actually heard Mark. that while I was driving. You did. You were listening to the Texans player show. I, I started my car, and that's what I was <laughs> listening. I was like, I know that voice. Know <laughs> did Farrell. you hear what he said about your O-line room? No, I must have missed that one. Okay, so he was telling us about how all the rookies have to decorate their position group rooms. Mm. And he was very, very envious of the job that the O-line I, I guess who it must be Jimmy Morrissey is, is Jimmy Morrissey and Carson there, Green and Carson Green. Okay, the job that they did decorating your O line room. He said that Brevin Jordan really, it wasn't it wasn't a great decorating job by him. So in I know Brev's defense, he is the only rookie in that room. We do have two. He is a draft pick though, so I heard that that also elevates the expectation a little bit. Uh, your pockets are a little bigger. Okay. But I feel like we we spend so much time in our position room throughout the year that we wanted to. Um, be festive and and we want it to be enjoyable to be there and so yeah we got lights we got uh what is that garland um we got a we got a frosty and then uh they <laughs> called it a dasher kind of blow up the inflatables in the position room yeah yeah is it a big position it, room it is not a big blow up it's uh probably the smaller size okay but um we're big people, so we do need it. Right. Room. I mean, I imagine there's not a lot of space. Yeah, he, he did mention snowmen and, and, and inflatables in the room, and I thought he was exaggerating, but it sounds like uh, Jimmy Morrissey and Carson Green, a lot of props for the decor- decorating they've done so far. Yeah, they've done exceptional. All right, how about for yourself? You've got little kids, so what are the holidays like for you? You got any good holiday traditions that you do with your family? Well, the elf on the shelf always visits. He's, he's pretty cool, and he moves around every every uh every night he comes he's back a lot of work to Absolutely. keep up with yeah mm-hmm. um we got lights up on the house you know we try we try to do things but uh you know it's a little hard with our schedule um we're pretty busy here but uh you know hopefully we get to uh, spend christmas morning and and have that special moment with them but um for the most part it's you know bring the spirit of christmas to the kids and take care of my job how about for yourself? Best gift that you've ever gotten? I don't know. I, I like the meaningful gifts. Like uh, like uh, my, my mother-in-law, my wife's mom. A couple of years back, you know, road games or home games, you go through security, they put a tag on your bag. Sure. Um, and so before, you could they you didn't have to take them off. And so I had like 50-something tags. On oh, you just left card. them on your bag? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they came out with a rule that said you have to have only that week's tag on there. So that was a kind of a sad moment. I was collecting them, and she took all those that I cut off and made like a shadow box with them. Oh wow! And I thought that was really really cool. That is so you get to keep all the, you you know which all the stadiums that you've been to. Yeah. You've got the little wristband from yeah. it. All right. One of the first things that I noticed, and I think a lot of people noticed about you when you got here, was that you have a lot of tattoos. You're wearing long sleeves now, but I wanted to ask you how many total tattoos do you have? I don't know. It's kind of both my sleeves are done. Um, I have my chest tattooed and. What tattoo on my ankles? So, I guess the chat would be like one. Do you count that as one? Is it multiple? Do you, did it take how many years has this been going on? So I had my chest and my upper left arm done in college, and then after my rookie year, I was like, "This is going to be a career." So career in um, tattoos. I okay. sleeved down my left side, <laughs> and then last year I didn't play, and that gave me an opportunity to sleeve on my right arm. So okay, because I, I was going to ask you what your most recent tattoo is. Would it be the right sleeve? 
Yes. And yeah. these are off-season projects you do? I'm, I'm kind of the impatient person, so I, I'm very bad at coming up with ideas, how I want to express myself. But once it happens and I get it, I'm like, I have to get the tattoo now. Oh, okay. And so it was kind of spur of the moment. Um, I had an idea. I texted my guy, and we collabed, came up with something, and then kind of did it in the next few weeks. So I guess I can't really ask you what the next tattoo is because maybe you're not you're not inspired yet, or do you have an idea of when or what it might be? I know, I know, I want to work on my legs. I don't know what I want. You don't have any tattoos right now. You don't no, have any tattoos just on, on your my legs. Ankle. Okay. Oh, are we gonna go full pant legs? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds really painful. That's, but that's, you've got some time. I mean, while you're playing, you could just start chip away at those. They're huge commitments. I don't want to rush. Huge. Anymore. Yeah. Literally, you. That's a lot of area to cover. Yeah. Um, all right. When we had you on the player show, you told me a story in passing, and I have not stopped thinking about it since. And I thought if I got you back, I was going to ask you about it. You said you were a DJ in college. Were you a music DJ, or you worked no, at a no, radio no. station? Yeah, yeah. I every Tuesday up there for two years during the season, I would go to the local radio station. This and, is when you were with the Seahawks. Right. And they would play music, but in between the songs, like the commercials, would be my time to talk. And it would just be, um, I was just kind of hosting it. I got to interview Post Malone one time. That's what I could not stop thinking about. in the studio and they were going to interview him. And I'm like, yes. Was he, did you know who he was? Was he yeah, big this, back then? This was shortly after his White Iverson. Oh, okay. And, and all that. He still had the, the braids and um, the no tattoos, so. Um, it, was, it was pretty cool, but I mainly just hosted the show and hit the button to play music, and you know I would take a call here and there. So were you by yourself in the radio studio? I mean, I had the guy who actually produced the radio station. Okay. He would kind of. But help you me were the you were the host. Show. You were the talent on the air. I guess so. Did you like doing that? Do you think you'd go do a career in radio? What'd you no. think about that? Um, well, it was cool. Like, are you into music? I I am, but not in that regard. But it was cool to experience that and be in that environment because I feel like it's made me more comfortable in a different way with, like, doing media and interviews and just having to use my voice. Were you nervous before you did that gig? I just didn't know what to do. So you feel like it's helped you in, like, a setting like this. If, You're more comfortable now. If I did it again, I could do it better. Really? Yeah. Any other famous guests that you had back then? No. No. That was the only. One. I wasn't. I was. It wasn't like a guest show. Actually, I had a couple of teammates, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like a show. Yeah. You had guests, and when you did, it would be ask questions, and then we would just kind of jam it into a commercial. Okay. And then music would play, and then you fill in another question. So. Very cool stuff. Okay, so you you said that in passing, and I thought I got to ask him about this again because there was no context. You literally said you interviewed Post Malone, and then you walked out of the room, and I was like. This <laughs> This is a horrible way to end a story. I have so many follow-up questions. Justin, it's been a pleasure. What, what about for you for the rest of the season? What, what are some things that you want to work on or, or some goals for yourself through this final stretch? Um, well, I want to finish the year healthy. I want to finish the year. Um, it would be great to finish the year with nothing but wins. And so, I mean, obviously that's our goal. And we'll uh, head into each week that way. But come out healthy. Um, keep building these relationships and just keep getting better at football. I think those are great goals. Justin, a pleasure. Best of luck through the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate it. It did take long for Justin Britt to be in our building to see the impact he has had uh, on this team. And hopefully he continues to be around. I really like what he has done. And a fun interview, too. Really fun to have Justin Britt on the show. Hey, I want to remind you, 
to register your kids ages 12 and under to become a Toros Kids Club member for free and submit their holiday wish list for their chance to be granted at least one item off of their list from Santa Toro. Learn more at HoustonTexans.com. That's Toro's Kids Club for free. F-R-E-E spells free, and that's good for all families at this time of year. All right, when we get back, it's time for my keys to the game. How the Texans going to get a dub in Duval County? I'll break it down next right here on Texans All Access. 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 So it's interesting going back to Jacksonville, a place where I spent a lot of years, and I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, where I was a football coach, but also a teacher as well. And I got a, I got a double whammy for teachers in, in a good way. If you teach and coach PE and you've got a PE class and you want to teach the fundamentals of football, well, the Houston Texans can come to your PE class and teach the fundamentals of NFL flag football to your students. All who register have the chance to receive a flag football kit for the whole class. Visit HoustonTexans.com flag to register. Now, if you teach third and fourth graders math, well, you can bring a little Texans football to your classroom. Just got to sign up for Toro's Matros, presented by Phillips. Toro's Matros, the video series, designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. Okay, we reached that time of the show where the Texans got to go get a W on Sunday. So how are they going to do it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Cue up my music. It's time for my keys to the game. So here we go. We play the Jaguars week one right here at NRG Stadium. It was a glorious day. The Texans ended up walking out of there with a 37-21 win, 1-0, 449 yards of total offense. I mean, it was a fun day. Picked off Trevor Lawrence three times. My math is correct. Justin Reed had one. Vernon Hargraves had one. There was one other. There's three interceptions, if I remember correctly. Maybe a fumble. But either way, Texans turned over the Jags. Texans did not turn the ball over. It was a great, great win. That was 14 weeks ago. A lot has changed. For starters, literally starters, offensively, there will be three offensive starters. Depending on how the tight ends, wide receiver thing works out, there's three offensive starters that start in week one. That will start at week 15. Three. Now, if you start Anthony O'Claire and Farrell Brown, which could happen, that'd be five. Three. Two of them uh, are playing the same position, Justin Britt, Brandon Cooks. The other one, Titus Howard, is starting, but he's playing a different position. Defensively, with all the if, – if everybody who's on COVID, the COVID reserve list stays on the COVID reserve list, and Justin Reed is out with the concussion – you're going to have one front seven player and one secondary member. That's it. So 14 weeks, things have changed significantly. So how are the Texans going to go get a W against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, let's take a look at the Jaguars' offense first. It's led by Trevor Lawrence. It's not been the greatest year for Lawrence as a rookie. He didn't lose a game at Clemson the regular season. He's lost 11. No, he has. And the Jaguars 
have. And we knew that was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. But what can the Texans do to make sure he gets lost number 12? Well, number one, continue to show Lawrence different looks. It's man. It's zone. No, it's drop eight. Oh, they're bringing six. Oh, they're bringing five. Oh, they're showing six, dropping three. Um, there's all different kind of things you can do to continue to show a different picture to the rookie. Now, it's Daryl Bevel still there as the offense coordinator, but now he's the interim head coach, so he's going to have a lot on his plate to how focused he's going to be on just the offense, what are the things you can do to make life miserable for Trevor Lawrence. You've got to find those things. To consistently change his looks. It may not get you three picks again, but hopefully it disrupts Lawrence's timing and rhythm and the receivers, and that would be a good thing. The Jaguars' run game has just gone AOL, totally and completely gone, and teams have had success against the Texans the last few weeks running the rock. They will run the ball. If there's anything I can imagine they would do a lot, it's going to give James, they're going to give James Robinson the ball. There's been so much talk about it. They had eight runs last week, eight. That's it. They'll double that and then some. The Texans' run fits were awful against Seattle. They got to change that. And then for the Jaguars, they got to figure out who's the new Jamal Agnew. When Jamal Agnew came into game week one, I noticed all the defensive players for the Texans were pointing him out. Like, there he is. There he is. They don't have that guy anymore. They don't even have DJ Chark. Who is the new Agnew? The Texans got to sniff that out and slow him down. Defensively, the Jaguars will blitz and will blitz heavily. Even more than they did in week one. Joe Cullen has kind of found his footing He's out of the Baltimore Ravens tree. He spent four or five years there as D-line coach. He will bring heat. And when gassed up, Davis Mills has got to get the ball to his checkdowns. He's got to get the ball to his hands, and he cannot take hits. Number two, they got to find a way to stop Miles Jack, number 44. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but he can be a hothead. So if you occupy him and you knock him down a bit, that can take him off his game. Number three, there have been a lot of problems for the Jaguars this year, but they don't turn teams over. They have six takeaways. That's it. So ball security, don't give them anything. Don't give them any gifts like they did to the Texans last year. We didn't turn teams over either, but they turned it over in that game, and those turnovers ended up being a big thing for the Texans getting a win last year. Ball security, don't give them any gifts, and you'll have a great opportunity to walk out of there with a W. All right, that's one hour down in our second hour. We're going to start with Brandy Cooks. A little Drew's Dozen with Drew Doherty next right here in Texans All Access. We got one hour down and one hour left to go right here on a Friday edition of Texans All Access. Hopefully it's as beautiful where you are, where I am. It's just a really nice night in December. Now look, in December, I wouldn't mind it being a little chilly. Break out the coats. I mean, Houstonians, I mean, it gets below 60. We just rushed to go get all those winter clothes that we bought on sale back in the spring. We get to break all that out for the first time. And then we get it for one day, and then that's it. Then it goes back to being 80 or 85. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. But either way, hopefully you guys are having a nice night, and I appreciate you being here with me. I'm John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and on Every Monday, I'm the co-host of Texas Monday alongside the voice of the Texas, Mark Vandermeer, where we are lucky enough to chat with Brandon Cooks at about 8.05, 8.07, somewhere in that range. 
He's always on time. Always on time. In fact, there are times he's even a minute or two early, but he's awesome. We love having him. I think he has had a fantastic year amongst everything that has gone on. He's caught passes from Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, quarterback change. I mean, it's everything for a receiver that you don't really want to have. You want to have consistency. You want to have the same guy. You get and it's, you know have a synergy with that guy. And that just hasn't been, hasn't been the case for Brandon, but yet he shows up every week and balls out. He's awesome. And I know he's going to be awesome here, even though Drew Doherty is not going to talk any football. That will be later in the show with Drew Doherty's final word. This is Drew's dozen. This is where Drew asks no football questions. And it's one of my favorite times of the entire week because Drew Doherty is one of the most creative, smartest, and funniest guys you're going to find anywhere. So I can imagine this is going to be great. Drew Doherty with Brandon Cooks. It's Drew's Dozen. Drew's Dozen time with Brandon Cooks. And you've got an awesome nickname, The Archer. We've seen the celebration, bow and arrow. It's based off the biblical story about Ishmael. Yep. So with that in mind, we got to talk about the five archers that I'm going to bring up, and you got to rank them, okay? Okay, okay. okay. you got Robin Hood. Okay. You've got Ishmael, obviously, in there. you got Cupid. Okay. And don't forget Princess Merida from the movie, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm, the Disney movie, and William Tell. Where do they, where do they shake out? Where do they, where do they go? Well, I, are we leaving out uh, Hawkeye from an Avengers? We're going to make a, an editorial yes. decision, and we're okay. going to make it at sixth. So okay. add them in. Where and is this guy? one more. We're leaving out uh, Jennifer Lawrence from Hunger Games. Make it seven. All right, Let's so go. We got Hawkeye at one, and we got Jennifer Lawrence at two. Okay. Uh, I'll take Ishmael at three. Uh huh. Cupid at four. Right. And, you know, a toss up for the last two Robin Hood and, and, and Robin William Tell. Okay. Tell. Fair enough. Yeah. Those are pretty strong rankings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were born on September 25th. Yep. Pretty big names on September 25th. Let me see if I can guess. Uh-huh. Or if I remember, Will Smith was one. Yep. And that's all I know. Well, there's also T.I. Okay. Okay. Donald Glover, the actor okay. and yep. rapper. And then I was stunned by this. Michael Douglas is an actor. He's married to Catherine Zeta-Jones. Both of them were born on the same date. He's Those a lot older. <laughs> but, yeah, so yeah. out of that crew. Good who would, company. Really great company. Good who company. would you want to hang with? Out, out Will Smith, without Will Smith? a doubt. Yeah. Fresh Prince, Will Smith, though. Yeah, fresh, yeah, so did. the old school. <laughs> the old school. Have you seen every Fresh Prince? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, yes. Okay. I have every season. Is it yeah. weird watching that and seeing the movies that he's been in? Well, it's just unbelievable. Like the juxtaposition, just, Yeah, you know? just how dynamic he is. Yeah. Uh, to be able to just flip from one role to another. I mean, he's pretty special in that aspect. Did you ever run across him when you were playing in L.A.? Or have you ever crossed, you know run across him in We general? actually lived in the same neighborhood. Never ran across him. No, I ran across his son, but not, not Yeah? Him. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. that kid's his a son, star yeah, himself. Yeah, his, son, yeah. his son is special as well. Not bad. Well, September 25th, good day. You're part of that, that crew. You're also an excellent photographer. You're so good I'm that... Trying. You have your own photography yeah. Instagram account. It's got thousands of followers. So what's the next photography, not assignment, but shoot Trip. you're going to do? Do you, do you plan that? Is it spontaneous? Because uh, Well, off-season you kind of plan it, but obviously with COVID you got to be able to be willing to just go on the fly. Mm-hmm. But hopefully this year I'm able to go to the Leica headquarters in Germany. Um, that was a plan last year. The what headquarters? Leica. It was oh, oh, yeah, brand. the camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, they always having great events out there uh, with great companies. So I'm hoping that I can make that trip this year uh, as long as COVID is, uh, you know, take a little break. So You shot some really cool stuff. I mean, you've, you've done portraits and like, you know of people, but yeah. you've done landscape stuff yeah. like in the mountains. And, yeah. Like, have you, do you have a favorite of anything you've shot uh, before? New Zealand. Uh, I would have to say the Milford Sound on my trip 
with my wife and I to New Zealand was probably one of my favorite shots. Yeah. Was that the, just the coolest trip you've ever taken in general, photography aside, or have you been any, anywhere else? Uh, I would have to say when we did Southeast Asia was pretty pretty special. Hitting about seven, eight countries there was, was awesome. Vietnam was probably at the top of my list. How come? Just how humble the people are with so little that they have. Yeah. Uh, but what they make out of it and, they, and the joy that they have is, is pretty special. And then the landscape there is pretty incredible. We talk about Halong Bay, being able to swim, swim in that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, it's a diverse landscape, too. They got the, mountains they and got it all. and yeah. beaches. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's football speed. You got that. There's track speed. You got that, too. Yeah. You ran in college. You yep. ran it at Oregon State. Uh, you've married the two. You've got both. So you're running a four by one hundred relay. Are you the anchor? If it's if it's teammates here, yeah, anchor or anchor or second, anchorish. Yeah. So we'll say that anchor yeah. or second. Who who are the other three on the the four by one here? Uh, Philip Dorsett. Okay. AJ Moore. <laughs> well, you know I take Lonnie because at the end of the day, every week it seemed like he's at the top of the leaderboard for miles per hour every game. So. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he can roll. He can Son roll. of a gun! I didn't yeah. realize that. Did you enjoy going to track meet? Like, not the running necessarily, but just the shenanigans while you're waiting to run and all the fun stuff, like hanging out with people? It was it was probably mo- one of the most uh, nerve-wracking things, actually, because you're really? waiting around. You're like, okay, when is my turn? And, you know, in track, it's, it's just you against everybody. Yeah. So the weight and the anxiety that, you, that the buildup is kind of annoying. You know? And I'm guessing, like, when you were in high school, because you were so fast, you ran a few events. And you yeah. also probably did, were you doing any of the jumps too? Or? No, I, I no? stuck to the I stuck to running. The, the running. Didn't okay, want to take that chance. So you were jumps. going later because yeah. you were in the marquee events, yeah. you know. Yeah. Nerds like me ran the thirty two hundred right off the bat. <laughs> there you and go. We were done, so <laughs> it's all good. Christmas is coming. Yeah. Favorite Christmas song that you just start singing when it comes on in the car. Oh, this Christmas, Chris Brown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You give me a bar. Nah. No. <laughs> it's Christmas. There we go. Yeah, yeah I like that. Right. That's good. Most of you guys don't do it. I, I, yeah. I, t- I tricked you into doing it. It's Sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, what's the best Christmas gift you ever received? Wow, that's a that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I had to say, one of our brothers, uh, my dad passed when I was young. So one of my brothers uh, actually this past Christmas when my son was born. He got a portrait painted of my dad, and somehow the artist was able to put my son in it as if my son was looking at my dad. Oh, wow. Uh, so that was beautiful, man. That was pretty special. You, so that was last year or was this year you got that? Uh, this past Christmas. Uh, last year. Yeah, my brother and his wife did that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. That's that's a tremendous yeah. gift. Boy. What is the most overrated food in the world? Food? Or, I mean, can it be a spread? Like, sure. Ah, mayonnaise, without a doubt. <laughs> Couldn't do it. How come? I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I just cannot do mayonnaise. No mayo. I mean, it could be from the point like I ordered, you know, Postmates throughout COVID, right? And you put no mayo, and, and there's mayo, in it. and I'm never the type of guy that sends stuff back at restaurants and yeah. stuff. But if mayonnaise is on there, and I said no mayo, uh, that's probably the only time I'll do that. I, I'm gonna sound like an old man because I kind of am an old man. But is it just me, or has like ha- have takeout orders just gotten? bungled to a new degree no it's i mean it's the new thing i mean you talking about groceries and amazon everything you know amazon give me some stock for doing that but <laughs> yeah everything yeah yeah i i almost don't want to go pick up the food anymore when my wife orders it because it invariably comes back wrong and she gets mad at me for, <laughs> no, no. it's like what did I, okay anyways. yeah this is we've asked this of every one of your teammates your favorite exercise in the weight room and your least favorite uh my my favorite will probably have to be what's called the kaiser power squat that's, okay. You know where you can just measure how much power output you're putting. And my least favorite is probably pull-ups. Uh, I can do them all day, but yeah. I just, 
the annoyance of just how long they take. Yeah. You know, how many reps. You're the first person to say uh, pull-ups. Yeah. It's interesting. Early on in the season, I guess I got a lot of skill guys yeah. to do this. Everyone to a man, their favorite was squat, some uh-huh. form of squat. So you're in that crew. Yeah. And then it shifted. I got a lot of big dudes over the last, you know, half season. Yeah. Everybody hates the squats, and they're all about the bench. So it's yeah. this kind of like a nice little social experiment yeah. here. If you were not a football player, what would your career be right now? You think? Travel photographer. Traveling photographer. Mm-hmm. It might be that once your playing days down the line are over, right? Oh, years because uh, I'll probably have to wait till we're like empty nesters or something like that. We can travel, <laughs> but at this point, you know, no time soon. Okay, what's the greatest invention of all time? The light bulb. Light bulb. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, man, this has been yeah. a lot of fun. We appreciate you doing the Drew's dozen. Best of luck this week appreciate and the rest it. of the season. Thank you so much, Brandon. No Thanks, Drew. Appreciate right. it. Thanks for having me, big guy. Now, the one thing that stands out to me. Cause I gotta know Brandon Cooks probably likes doing better, uh, doing interviews better with me and Mark than with Drew. I would hope. I don't know, man. That was pretty darn good. Brandon might want to do Monday mornings with Drew from now on, man. That's a really, really good interview. Those guys are—they're just awesome. And I always have this sort of interview moment when you feel like, okay, the interviewee gets it understands it and, and kind of drops drops the guard, if you will, in a way you go. That happened to me. I was actually doing an interview 2009. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2008. Paul Bear Bryant coaching uh, coach of the year awards, and I was doing it with my co-host at the time, Sean Pendergast. You know him well. He does our pre- and post game for the Texans. You hear him from 6 to 10 every single morning with Seth Payne. And so we had Jim Harbaugh on, and Jim has – Always been known to be a little guarded, potentially. And so we're about to start the interview, and Coach takes this big old skull dip, puts it in. We bring him into the show. He starts kind of chatting. And there's a point about three or four minutes in where you see him like, okay, these guys are okay. And he kind of drops the guard. And we had the best interview we could have had with him. I mean, he was engaging. He was funny. It was everything. But you could kind of see the guard dropping. And... I know there are some Mondays when Brandon does interviews with us where it's just like, man, I know I just got to get through it. But then you can kind of see the ice break a little bit. And he's like, yeah, these are my guys. And then he does a tremendous, tremendous interview. And he did one, obviously, there with Drew Doherty. Okay, when we get back, even though games were moved from Saturday to Monday, from Sunday to Tuesday, there still are 16 games this weekend, if you will, in the NFL. With all that's going on, I will try and predict all of them next. Right here, presented by Caesars Rewards for every way you play on Texans All Access. On Texans All Access. All right, here we go. Friday edition of Texans All Access at this time each and every week means I get to make picks. All of my picks straight up and against the spread. Brought to you by Caesars Rewards for every way you play. And for all my Texans employees out there, yeah, big thumbs up to Caesars Rewards. No doubt. And appreciate them being the sponsor of this segment where I, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, dive in, put my name on the line, put my picks for all of you to read, to hear, I guess you're not reading this, you're listening to this. So, yeah, I put my name on the line right here because, and my record. My record, I don't know, I mean, I'm like 96% right. 
pretty much every week. <laughs> Boy, I wish. I wish. Because I've been taking this to Vegas, baby. Gone to Caesars and put some money down on these picks. But that's eh, fun. It's a good way to go around the NFL and talk about what is happening with each team, how these games. I, I love talking about the NFL. Not just the Texans. I love seeing what's going on, even in teams we don't play, but definitely teams that we have played or are going to play. So let's start. I need my music, and there it is. And now that I have it, we're going to start with two teams that we have seen this year. Played three games against the Patriots and the Colts. Don't want to talk about the results of any of them, but we should have walked away with a W against the Patriots. However... From that afternoon going forward, if I remember right, the Patriots were 1-3 and three going into that game. We were 1-3 and three going into that game. We had dominated most of the game. Should have walked out there 2-3, but the Patriots walked out 2-3. and three. So 1-3 and three going in, 2-3 and three coming out. They have gone 8-1 in the last nine games to get to 9-4. The Colts are 7-6. Both teams coming off a bye. The Patriots had that windy, cold night where they ran the ball night, only threw it three times, and beat the Bills up in Buffalo. The Colts, uh, right before the bye, they hammered somebody. I'm trying to remember who that was. No, they lost the Buccaneers. So that, that moved them to 7-6. and six. Here's what I find interesting. Patriots are the number one seed in AFC right now, I believe. No, that is now the it's now the Chiefs. The Chiefs number one. The Patriots are number two. The Colts are just hanging on to the uh, also receiving votes category in the NFL playoffs. I don't even know. I think they just eked their way into the top seven. Yet Vegas thinks these two teams are even, but because they're playing in Indianapolis, the Colts are two and a half point favorites. I think the Colts win this game. I don't totally trust Carson Wentz. I said it last night talking to the general and talking to Mark on our all-access show before the Chiefs Chargers, which, by the way, Chiefs Chargers, holy cow, how stupid good was that game last night? Oh, man. And we could get into a full-on debate about fourth downs and going for it and all that, but we would need probably... We'd probably need a week's worth of shows, but I'll say this real fast about that. I didn't put this on Twitter because I knew that if I tweeted it with only 280 characters, it doesn't come out sounding the, the way maybe it, it, it's intended. But when I was coaching 20 years ago, long, long time ago, I hated punting. Hated, hated, hated punting. And so anytime I got to the other side of the 50, if that sucker was close, I went for it. I went for it. So my last year of coaching, we went down to play at a place, and I, we went for it. Not even, I think we were close to the 50, but we didn't even come close. I mean, we just got shattered that night. I mean, we just got smoked. So we came home from that game. I had gone for fourth downs like two or three times. I think we got two of the three. We just didn't get that one. So one of my players came in one day, and we were just talking, chatting about, you know, his classes and stuff. And he said, hey, Coach, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. And he said, why do you go for it on fourth down so much? And I just, without missing a beat, I don't know why. And I was teaching at Episcopal High School, so obviously a religiously affiliated school. And I said, 
God gave me four downs. I'm going to use them. And it cracked him up. He did. And, I mean, I, I meant to. I, was, I meant to him to laugh. So I was going to tweet last night that story and then say, God, greater than analytics. But then I thought, oh, man, that's just going to open up Pandora's box. And that wasn't what I was intending. It was just a funny comment that I made. And luckily, my player thought it was funny, too. Either way, how you feel about fourth downs? Uh, you can't be an old fuddy-duddy. The game has changed. I don't know that you can completely dive all the way in. Well, the analytics numbers say this. There's got to be a feel for the game, too. But I think if you merge them and, and merge the two, the analytics and kind of the feel for the game and some of the things that are going on, I think you'll get to the right situation the majority of the time. That gets me back to Patriots-Colts. I And the reason I brought all that up, because we were talking about last night. Last night, I said to John and to Mark, I do not trust Carson Wentz. But I am this time because I think the Colts are going to show up and play. Now a little bit rested. I know both teams are, but a little bit rested. I'm going Colts at home close. This feels 28-24, just enough to cover the two and a half. I'm going Colts to win and cover that two and a half. Boy, I spent a long time talking about that one. Sorry. Let's move on. Let's get to the Panthers and Bills. This is the Sean McDermott special Brandon Bean also they both were with the Panthers before they went up to the Buffalo Bills the Panthers backsliding three and all after they beat us on a Thursday night two and eight cents the Bills eh, not doing a whole heck of a lot better but this game is in Buffalo Buffalo has Josh Allen the Panthers can't figure out who the quarterback is even though Buffalo's favored by 12 that number feels very rich. Very, very, very rich. So I'm going with the Bills to win, and apparently there will be weather. The last time the Bills played in weather, it was windy and it was cold, and they ended up losing 14-10 to the Patriots. I think the Bills come out of this just looking to get a win. I think they win by 10. I'm going to go 20-10. That's less than 12. So give the Panthers a cover, but the Bills get the dub to move to 8-6. and six. The Cardinals are taking on the Lions. Now, the Cardinals will not have DeAndre Hopkins. He apparently will miss the rest of the regular season dealing with a knee issue. That said, the Cardinals are still favored by 13 at Detroit. Now, the Cardinals did not look great. And I know it's the Rams. I know the Rams can do that to teams. I don't know that the Lions can do all of that. So I do think the Cardinals will get a cover here. But I feel like it's going to be one of those backdoor things. It's 28-21, and the Cardinals pick six in the last two minutes and win 35-21. I don't even know if it gets that high scoring. But I do think the Cardinals are going to get kind of a backdoor late cover. Cardinals win and cover that 13 on the road in Detroit, where presumably it's snowing, but no one really knows because, well, uh, they play indoors. The Jets are taking on the Dolphins. I mentioned these two teams earlier. The Jets are 3-10, and 10, Dolphins 6-7. and seven. I don't think, first of all, the Jets aren't going to Miami to beat Miami. Zach Wilson has been all over the place. It's not been good for the rookie, the number two overall pick. It's actually not been good for any first-round quarterbacks, not named Mac Jones. But Zach Wilson has struggled to a point where the Jets, there's been talk that maybe the Jets need to look at somebody else at quarterback next year, even though they just spent the number two overall pick. Uh, 
I do think Wilson will start to show some things over the last four games. But the Dolphins, a tough defense to do that against because of all the blitz the Dolphins send. I think the Dolphins win this game. They won't win it by a couple touchdowns. But I do think it's a fairly decisive 10 to 12 point win that covers nine and a half. Miami gets the win at home to get to seven and seven, stay in the playoff race. Jets fall to three and 11. The Cowboys, fresh off a defensive performance that was top notch. Dan Quinn has been unbelievable this year for that Cowboys defense. You throw in arguably the defensive player of the year and definitely defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. Trevon Diggs in his second year has been fantastic. The Cowboys will go to the Giants in New Jersey and pound Mike Glennon into submission. This will get ugly for Glennon. Cowboys will win this. Dak will get back on track. I'm not worried about that. Cowboys house the Giants in Jersey, beating uh, the Giants by more than 10.5. So win and cover for the Dallas Cowboys. This game is all kinds of interesting to me coming up next. It's another noon game in Pittsburgh where the Steelers are 6-6-1. Six, six, the Titans at 9-4 travel to take on Pittsburgh. This one's really intriguing to me. Zach Cunningham apparently will play for the Titans, which that'll be the first look at Zach in a different jersey other than the Texans, and he will be needed against Najee Harris and the Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by one. Vegas says that on a neutral field, that would make the Titans about a two-point favorite. But playing in Pittsburgh, they give the Steelers three points. That makes them a one-point favorite. I actually think that the Steelers will pull the upset. And it's not even an upset because they're favorite, I guess. But the Steelers are going to win this game. It's basically straight up. I'm going to take the Steelers at home to win and cover and beat the Titans. I think that 20 to nothing win stemmed the tide. It slowed the bleeding. But I think without Derrick Henry, the Titans struggled. The Titans gave up four sacks to the Jags. I don't know that I totally trust the Titans' run game, but it's better than what Tannehill's given them. And I know they're working their receivers back, but I think the Steelers are going to get a win. They're backed into a corner. I think Steelers win that, covering that one point. Steelers, it feels like an upset, but it's not because they're favored. Let's get to our afternoon games on Sunday. Bengals v. Broncos, both 7-6. and six. Boy, it's a big, big game. And it's a big game for Teddy Bridgewater. Joe Burrow is the entrenched starter. He was awesome last week in a narrow defeat, an overtime defeat to the San Francisco 49ers, which dropped the Bengals to 7-6. The Broncos played inspired football after Demarius Thomas had passed away earlier in the week, a legendary Bronco receiver. They played with that emotion. It was clear they were ready to roll, and the Broncos rolled big. Playing at home again, Denver's a three-point favorite. They're both seven and six. As a three-point favorite, Vegas will tell you they are even Steven. And that's the way this one feels. I don't have a great read on this. So I'm going to go with the Broncos at home. I'll go with the home team and Teddy Bridgewater to summon up all he's got and get the Broncos a big win to get the Broncos to eight and six. Wow, that'll be a big win. And they'll cover that three points. The aforementioned San Francisco 49ers have been playing much, much, much better. That win at Cincinnati last week just showed the medal. Brandon Ayuk is getting it. 
Debo Samuel will get him back healthy, apparently. Jimmy Garoppolo is making some key plays. George Kittle is back to being George mother bleeping Kittle. And I think that's the difference. Those guys are clicking. Fal- 49ers are going to beat the Falcons. 49ers are going to move to 8-6. and six. The number's 9.5. I think the 49ers cover that. The Falcons with a win can stay in the playoff race. But this is where it sort of ends, I think, for Arthur Smith. They'll get a win or two down the stretch to get to 7-10, and 10, maybe even 8-9. and nine. But they won't make the playoffs. But I tipped the cap to Arthur Smith because he's had a really good year as a first-year head coach for the Falcons. But the 49ers are too much with all the weapons now ready to roll. Sunday afternoon, this is a great one. Packers taking on the Ravens. Still a question about Lamar Jackson's availability for the Ravens. The Packers at 10-3 and three will miss Kenny Clark, which, well, I say he'll miss him, but he's on the COVID-19 reserve list. So we'll see if he's able to play. That's a big loss for the Packers, figuratively and literally. He is the stalwart in the middle of that defensive line that will help against the Ravens. I'm going to roll with the Packers here, but I don't like the 6.5. I think the Ravens will get inside that 6.5. So give the Packers the dub the Ravens will get inside that six and a half. Sunday night, Saints, Bucks. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Sean Payton's out. COVID nineteen. He will miss this game. The Bucks are ten and three, starting to find the groove. Bucks are going to win this by a couple touchdowns. So that covers the eleven and a half. Bucks win. Bucks cover. Monday, the Raiders Browns game gets moved from Saturday. That'll be a four o'clock game on NFL Network. The Browns. You just don't know who's going to be available. That's going to be tough. It's a circle of wagons sort of game for the Browns. But the Raiders have been a mess for the last seven, eight weeks for numerous reasons. And the line is, has been taken down. I'm going to go with the Raiders playing with a little bit of an edge and the Browns with too many guys out. So we'll give the Raiders the win. I don't know what the line is. The line has been uh, taken down because of all that's been going on. So Raiders get a win in that one. The Vikings... Go to the Bears. This was to be your Monday night game. And it is your Monday night game. This one's not moved. But the Vikings taking on the Bears. The Vikings at 6-7. and seven. The Bears at 4-9. and nine. Minnesota's a six-point favorite on the road. Justin Fields wasn't perfect the other night, but you could start to – the seedlings are there. You can start to see the promise of potential being fulfilled. And I will go with the Bears – to get inside the number, but the Vikings are going to go to Chicago and get the win. Vikings win at the 7-7, seven and seven, but the Bears get the cover. Seahawks taking on the Rams on Tuesday night. The Seahawks got the win last week against us. Rams got a big win at the Cardinals. I think the Rams, if they get a few guys back, I'm taking the Rams. There's no line in this game as a result of it being moved. So I'm taking the Rams to win in Washington against the Eagles. Taylor Heineke is the guy to watch in this one. He has been put on the COVID-19 list. We'll see if Washington can get him back. And Jalen Hurts is also one to watch for the Eagles as he may be able to come back. So maybe with a couple extra days to get ready, maybe the Eagles are good. I think the Eagles, yeah, at home. I'm rolling Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Washington football team, Rams to beat the Seahawks. And those are your picks and predictions brought to you by Caesars Rewards for every way you play. When we get back, Brandon Cook's. Right here for Drew Doherty's final word. That's next on Texans All Access. We got one final segment this Friday edition of Texans All 
Access. I'm your host, Sean Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And even though we are not playing this Sunday at home, December 26th, we will be at home. We want you to experience that football feeling at Energy Stadium. Single game tickets are available for remaining home games. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash tickets. And when you join a Houston Texans fan club for free, you get to attend exclusive events, enter to win prizes like autographed items and game tickets, receive special offers, and so much more. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash fans to see which one you want to join. HoustonTexans.com slash tickets. HoustonTexans.com slash fans for your fan club for free. Whew. There we go. We got them all in. Okay, I mentioned earlier that Drew Doherty had a chance to sit down with Brandon Cooks. They had a really fun Drew's Dozen interview. Nothing about football. It is now time for Drew Doherty's final word. And everything is about football. And it's still our friend, Brandon Cooks. Drew, take it away. It's wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Good to be with you, Brandon. This has been a different week, you guys. It's kind of like wacky is the new normal. And I don't want to say it was necessarily wacky, but it was different than what you've become accustomed to. But nevertheless, how did it go? You had a shorter Wednesday and then all the stuff with uh, COVID. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, as they say, the great ones are just and. You know, it's unfortunate in our times. I think at the end of the day, the times that we're in, we just got to be ready for whatever and ready to adjust. So, and I think, you know, the whole staff and the team has been doing a great job of that. And you're somebody that you lead by example and you do everything you're doing on the field, but you've, you've been more vocal this year, last year as well. When did that kind of turn for you? Did you come into the NFL as a very vocal guy, as no. a rookie? How did that turn? When did it turn? No, you know, I would say it, it's turned uh, probably in the last couple years of my career just because, you know, being put in that position to be able to lead. and You know, great leaders do lead by example, but at the same time, every once in a while, uh, you know, they got to be vocal. And uh, So I pick and choose my spots. But, yeah, I think that's changed just over the last couple of years of my career. All right, tell me about what's going on offensively. You guys really getting a rhythm early last week. How do you sustain that? Yeah. What was going well to make that happen? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just playing fast. I mean, you talk about that first drive. There's no penalties. You know, we we're being efficient on first and second down. We've got to be able to build on top of that and not just start fast, but be able to keep that momentum throughout the game and finish fast as well. How energizing is it for you to play with some of these rookies yeah. like Nico Collins, like your quarterback, yeah. Davis Mills? No, it's awesome, you know, because you see them grow every single day. First start to that, that start, you see – how Davis has grown, you know, over these weeks. I mean, you talk about a guy like Nikos who's always eager to learn and willing to work hard to be able to adjust and, and get better. I mean, it's awesome. So. I know wins, obviously, the ultimate goal. That's what you want. On a personal level, individually, over these last four weeks, what are you trying to accomplish? To be honest with you, it, for me, it's just being able to go out there and once again lead by example. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we talk about playoffs, not in the playoffs, right? Right. But at the end of the day, when you play this game, when you respect the game, the game will respect you back. So just trying to lead with those young guys, no matter how it looks, going out there, continue to try to get better. And that's what I feel like I'm doing as a player is getting better every day. And I just want to continue to keep that trend through the rest of these four weeks. Yeah, and before we talk about the, the guys on the field that you're going to play against, odd situation, yeah. Jacksonville, they get rid of Urban Meyer. So they've got an interim coach in yeah. Daryl Bevel. You've been a part of that, you yeah. know, last year here. What's it like? What What do you think you might be going into facing a, a situation like that of guys that could be energized, yeah. could, could go the uh, other way? I think it's and more than likely, you know, like I said, like you said, being in that situation myself last year, 
I think those guys are going to come out energized, yeah. willing to play for that coach, and come together. Anytime, it, as we all know, all it is in the locker room, it is us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like those guys are going to come out and just play their tails off and have that energy. And so we got to be able to expect that and be ready for that. All right, tell me about that secondary over there in Jacksonville. A yeah. little different than what you saw in week one, but yeah. what did they do? I mean, they, 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 those guys are still playing fast. You're talking about Shaq and Campbell leading those outside guys at the corner position. Those guys can run, that's for sure. I mean, they're playing at a high level on week in and week out. So I look forward to that matchup. You got you talk about their safeties, who's disciplined, and that front seven is just always flying around, you talk, led by Josh Allen. You know, we got to be able to be ready for that and expect an uh, energized team. Okay, let's wrap this up by finding out how you power game day and how you get powered on game day night before. So it's going to be a 1 p.m. Eastern game. Yeah. When do you go to sleep? When do you wake up? Oh, I'm I'm in bed by nine nine thirty. All right. As soon as the meeting's over, you know, get a little snack and head into the room, Epsom salt bath, and probably eyes closed by nine thirty. And it's easy to sleep the night before a game. Yeah, at this point, just being in that routine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was it always that way? Uh, no, I think it's been that way more so because we had a lo- newborn last year. And so <laughs> You're relishing you know, the I'm time relishing away. That yeah. time. I'm yeah. relishing that time because that's, I don't know if you have kids. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. But if you do, you know, you understand that those sleepless nights early on are real. So uh, being able to get those moments uh, just to be able to have peace and quiet, uh, that's why it's a lot more easier to sleep. Hotel room can be like a paradise <laughs> no in and of doubt. itself. No matter how it is. Absolutely. Well, Brandon Cooks, you've always done well against the Jaguars in your career. We hope that keeps up on Sunday in Jacksonville. Best of luck, and thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I can imagine these past couple years, players, coaches, staff, we've all sort of learned how to deal with the Zoom meetings and the virtual stuff. I mean, those those terms all became that much more um, important, I suppose, as we lived in a – COVID world post-March 2020. I'd never heard of Zoom in February of 2020. And then all of a sudden, it's you do everything on Zoom nowadays. And to be able to, hey, we did this back in 2020. Let's, no, we, can, we can't cry about it. We can't get upset about it. We just got to deal with it. Got a game on Sunday, so let's rock. And this is how you got to do it. And look, every team in the league is having to do it as well. Some teams had to move games, so that adjusted schedules so yeah it's not the easiest thing in the world at all not even close to being an easy thing to adapt to but that's what we're all doing I think Brandon has a great outlook on it I would imagine uh, we'll stay virtual throughout the rest of the year I think keep these protocols in place we'll see what the NFL decides to do going forward on it to the playoffs um the timing, I don't want to say it could be worse, but I guess if you got to the playoffs and this thing happened uh, and the, you had the spike in COVID cases, uh, that could be worse because I, I don't know how you move games and keep things equitable for the 14 teams that end up making the playoffs. But uh, unfortunately, the Texans won't be part of those 14 this year. Maybe next year. They have been in the past. Unfortunately, it won't be in 2021. In fact, the two teams that play on Sunday, this is more about the where they fall. And here's the other thing that people forget, too. the How this game goes. Now, look, the Texans could win this game and lose the last three. The Jags could lose this and win the last three. And things could flip. We don't know. But 
the other aspect to consider outside of draft positioning is who you play next year. That's going to be up in the air where you're, where you're placed. So if you come in fourth place, the, the teams you got to look at in the AFC East, the team that will come in fourth place, probably the Jets. So the difference is you win this game and you finish in third place, you could potentially play the Dolphins. If you come in fourth place, you, more than likely you're going to face the Jets in 2022. In the NFC North, you will play on the road either Chicago or Detroit, depending on where you finish. Presumably, presumably Chicago's going to finish third. Detroit's going to finish fourth. And then the other one is the AFC North. The AFC North, yikes. I mean, there, I don't know, there's not a good one because everybody's in the race right now. Baltimore is near the top. The Bengals are near the top. The Browns, and their game got moved, obviously, but they're in the mix of 7-6. I think the Steelers are in fourth place right now. And I don't know if, you, if we would go to the Jets, to the Dolphins, home, Browns or Steelers, or vice versa. I don't, I don't know. I love going to Pittsburgh. I've always loved going to Pittsburgh. Last year was kind of weird because we did during the COVID year. There's nobody in the building. Nobody. It was the most, uh, it was the oddest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's the other thing that's at hand with these two teams playing on Sunday. Now, it's not going to determine who's third place, who's fourth place, but neither one of these teams are going to be able to catch first and second the Titans and Colts. So the only uh, teams they can match up with would be third place team, fourth place team. But in some divisions, I mean, actually, one, two, three, four don't matter in the AFC North. The difference in third and fourth in the AFC East is big. And the difference in third and fourth in the NFC North is also, is also big. Although, even though Detroit is in fourth place right now, Detroit is a much better team, um, I think, overall than Chicago, all things considered. So they're kind of on equal footing. But that's also at hand. So, yes, everybody's just talking about draft positioning, and that is there. The loser the loser of this game on Sunday stays within the top two. But if you win, you move up to third place. That all also means you're going to play a little bit stronger schedule as well. That all said, those things are all going to be a, a, a factor down the road. Let's go get a W. Let's go get a win. Let's go beat the Jags. I've been to Jacksonville on the sidelines since 2014. This will be the eighth game against the Jags on the road. One of those was in London, won that one. So we've had seven. This will be the seventh game. We've had six in Jacksonville. We've won five. The only time we lost was 2017. And when we have beaten Jacksonville once in a year, we have beaten them twice. It's been nothing but sweeps. Going back, if my math is correct, dating back to 2000. Uh, it could go back for a while, but I know if I started in 2011, we swept them. 2012, we swept them. 2013, they swept us. 2014, 2015, 2016, we swept them. 2017, they swept us. 2018, got back on track, we swept them. 2019, we swept them. 2020, we swept them. This year, 2021, we beat them in week one. So we've not had a split result at least dating back to 2010, and I don't – that was just – I pulled that all off my dome, so I, I don't know. My, I can't go back. I'm sure 2010, if I thought hard about it, I could figure it out, but I don't really have the brain power this late in the show to kind of figure that out. But either way, a lot at stake. 
for this game. It may not look that way with two teams that are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but there is a lot at stake with this game on Sunday. And here is hoping the Texans are mutters again because it does look like there's going to be rain. Now, I'd love to have a game without rain in Jacksonville, but we've had that before. I think 20, uh, 2016, I think there was a little bit of rain. Last year, it poured during pregame, but then the rain stopped and we were okay for the rest of the day. Hoping for that, but mostly hoping for a W. Look, the skies can open and just bring the funk. It wouldn't matter if the Texans go get a win like they did in Tennessee the last time the Texans were on the road. So hopefully they'll go get a W on the road this week. A big thanks to Brandon Cooks, to Drew Doherty, to Justin Britt, DP Sidhu, to Coach David Culley, to Mark Vandermeer, to all of you for supporting me, supporting us, being there for us on a tough season. It means more than you'll probably ever know. But hopefully... When I thank you at the end of the show, know that I am truly thankful for all that you do for me, for us, for the organization. We love you all very much. You all have a great night. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Sunday. And as always, go Texans. Always go Texans. Always go Texans.